Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Hey, before I start this episode, I'd like to give a huge shout out to this podcast I listen to, Punk Rock Explorers. Yes, two dudes, they got the love for all things supernatural and punk rock music. Fuck yes. Now, these guys don't just talk about haunted places, but they go out and fucking explore the haunted places. Yeah. So props to these guys. You know, they give you the whole history of the place and why it's haunted, the incidents that happen, or other haunted places they would like to visit. But they go out and check out haunted places and record it. So yes, follow them on YouTube also, and you can see the see them exploring these places, and of course listen to their podcast because they talk about their the places they explored and what happened while they're having some beers. Fuck yes, right? Supernatural punk rock music. Yeah, they play punk rock music in their episodes, which is fucking awesome and uh, inspiration to me. In, in fact, that's why. I started playing music in some of my episodes. Huge inspiration from these guys. And so, yes, go check them out. Punk Rock Explorers. You can find them anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. And subscribe to their YouTube channel. Susan Brothers, thanks everyone for being here. We're from the organization Mark Forward. We're here to say to all those serving in the Army and the Marines and the Air Force and the Navy that you have the absolute right to refuse to take part in these criminal wars and that's the right that all of you should exercise. You have no reason to go put your life on the line or kill and die for profit. We've been to Iraq. We've been to Afghanistan. And we know what these wars are really about. And we joined the military for many reasons. Because we need a college education. Because we need a job. Because we need health care. And then we join the military and they tell us that our enemies are poor people in caves in Afghanistan or poor people in deserts of Iraq. But we've been to those countries and we know that our enemies are not other poor people abroad. Our enemies are the people that laid us off from our jobs, that denied us health care, that make it impossible to get an education. Our enemies are not in the poorest countries on the planet, but right here in the richest one. The occupations of Iraq and Afghanistan alone are costing over $700 million every single day. This is a crime. Every single day, while so many of us are hurting, while I think all of us here and the vast majority of people in this country would agree that we can spend $700 million a day better than bombing people that we have no reason to bomb. We can spend $700 million a day rebuilding those countries we've destroyed. We can spend $700 million a day caring for the veterans we get home when they get home, and then we can spend $700 million a day giving every single person health care, a college education, a job, and a livelihood, and a home. That's what we need to be spending our money on. But this government 
money in that way. They're not going to end the wars. And they're not going to do it because it's not our government. It's their government. It's the government of the rich. It's the government of Wall Street, of the oil giants, of the defense contractors. It's their government and the only language that they understand is shutting down business as usual. And that's what we're doing here today. And we're going to continue to do until these wars are over. It's crystal clear now that these wars are going to continue and expand and go into other countries. That is the trend. That is what we know, that there is perpetual war. And it's only going to stop if the people stand up and stop it. And that's what we're going to do, sisters and brothers. A lot of people ask me, what do we do? Because we all know things are bad. We all see the atrocities on TV. We read about it. We experience it. People always ask, what do I do? Because we always want to know what to do. Do we vote? Do we support a politician? Uh, what, you know, do we join an organization? What do we do? Well, I'll tell you what we do. It's simple. We fight. We fight and we fight and we fight and we shut down our workplaces. We shut down our schools. We shut down the streets. We shut down business as usual. And we fight until we force the people in there to do what the people out here want. Because that's how we're going to get around and we're going to fight until there's not one more bomb drop, not one more bullet fired. Not one more co a soldier coming home in a wheelchair. Not one more family slaughtered. Not one more day of U.S. imperialism. Let's fight to make that happen. We can do it today and in the days ahead. We have to fight to end these wars and create a better world system, brothers. Are you ready for the most controversial, most political episode of Screaming Chewy Show? Mm hmm Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm just fucking exaggerating here <laughs> but i usually don't get political this is not a political podcast but as you will hear the government is trying to take some of our rights away just chipping at the old block till it's all gone right little by little but it's happening here in arizona i never thought shit like this would be happening even though i'm not too worried about it but hey i have a voice so fuck them right uh, that's kind of like an old school punk rockish attitude right there, right? We the people go against the tyranny. So, anywho, yeah, just so you know. So, trigger warning for those of you who are easily offended, <laughs> which you're probably not if you're listening to this. I mean, I've said some fucked up shit out here. <laughs> so, anywho, I appreciate you listening, tuning in. And hey, talking about punk rockish, how about we start this episode with a badass punk rock song? Uh, and I got another one up ahead too, another badass one. But let's start off with Shrug Dealer. Song is called Snowflake Wars. Frontier Rising up to take to fail Mountains made of this small hill are seen From memory horizon Stops and missions widen There'll be no resurrection for A violent perfection Tell me now Who is offended? Who is offended? 
Hey everyone, welcome to the Screaming Chewy Show. This is your host, Chewy. And hey, um, today I'm going to talk about something a little bit more personal. Something that hits home here in the desert of Arizona. Yeah. Um, and of us Arizonans, just like Texas, we love our guns. And... Um, I don't know if you've heard, but recently there was a shooter that tried to shoot up a church. Yeah, he was stopped right away by who? A civilian with a gun? Yeah, good guy with a gun kills a bad guy with a gun. That's how it works. It's that simple. The gun itself is not bad. It's the person behind it, right? But it's hard to understand for some people, right? Like... They just want to ban guns in general, and they think it'll knock down the violence, right? But hey, like they want to say, let's get rid of assault rifles. Okay, assault. Mm-hmm. So look, if I grab a pencil and fucking stab you in the neck and break it off, is does that make it an assault pencil? Should we ban all pencils now? <laughs> Yeah, I know, it's stupid, I know. But, you know, many Arizonans here, we take our guns very serious. And our Second Amendment, I don't know if you guys know, if you're listening right now, I don't know if you're aware, but the Second Amendment, it was, uh, well, you know what, let me, I'm gonna look it up, I'm gonna read this shit to you officially instead of just at the top of my head and shit. Alright, so here it is. The Second Amendment to the United States Constitution protects the individual right to keep and bear arms. It was ratified on December 15th, 1791 as a part of the Bill of Rights. In District of Columbia versus Heller, 2008, the Supreme Court affirmed for the first time that the right belongs to individuals for self-defense in the home, while also including as a dicta. The right is not unlimited and does not preclude the existence of long of certain long-standing prohibitions, such as those forbidding the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill or restrictions on the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons. State and local government are limited to the same extent as the federal government from infringing upon this right. The Second Amendment was based partially on the right to keep and bear arms in English common law and was influenced by the English Bill of Rights of 1689. Sir Williams Blackstone described this right as an auxiliary right supporting the natural rights of self-defense and resistance to oppression and the civic duty to act in concert and defense of the state. Yeah, that's right. Any labels of rights as auxiliary must be viewed in the context of the inherited purpose of Bill of Rights, which is to empower a group with the ability to achieve a mutually desired outcome and not to necessarily enumerate or rank the importance of rights. Thus, all rights enumerated in a constitution are thus auxiliary in the eyes of Sir Williams Blackstone because all the rights are only as good as the extent they are exercised in fact.
while both James Monroe and John Adams supported the Constitution being ratified, its most influential framer was James Madison. In Federalist number 46, Madison wrote how a federal army could be kept in check by state militias. Yeah, you hear that? You want me to repeat that? Okay, you ready? A federal army could be kept in check by state militias. A standing army would be opposed by a militia. He argued that the state militias would be able to repel the danger of a federal army. It may well be doubted whether a militia thus circumstanced could ever be conquered by such a proportion of regular troops. He contrasted that federal government of the United States to the European kingdoms, which he described as afraid to trust the people with arms, and assured that the existence of subordinate governments forms a barrier against the enterprise of ambition. By January 1788, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, and Connecticut ratified the Constitution without insisting upon amendments. Several amendments were proposed, but were not adopted at the time the Constitution was ratified. For example, the Pennsylvania Convention debated 15 amendments, one of which concerned the right of the people to be armed, another with the militia. The Massachusetts Convention also ratified the Constitution with an attached list of proposed amendments in the end. The ratification convention was so evenly divided between those for and against the Constitution that the Federalists agreed to the Bill of Rights to assure ratification. In United States versus Cruikshank, what the fuck? C-R-U-I-K-S- H-A-N-K, Crickshank, I don't know, whatever. 1876, the Supreme Court ruled that the right to bear arms is not guaranteed by the Constitution, neither is it in any matter dependent upon the instrument for its existence. The Second Amendment means no more than it shall not be infringed by Congress and has no other effect than the to restrict powers of national government. Uh-huh. Again, it has no other effect than to restrict the powers of national government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting your attention now, right? In United States versus Miller, 1939, the Supreme Court ruled that the Second Amendment did not protect weapon types not having a reasonable relationship to the preservation or efficiency of a well-regulated militia. In the 21st century, the amendment has been subjected to renewed academic inquiry and judicial interest. In Heller, the Supreme Court handed down a landmark decision that held the amendment protects an individual's right to keep a gun for self-defense. This was the first time the court had ruled that the Second Amendment guarantees an individual's right to own a gun. In McDonald v. Chicago, 2010, the court clarified that the due process clauses for the 14th Amendment incorporated the Second Amendment against the state and local governments. In Catenao, what the fuck? C-A-E-T-A-N-O? 
Cayetano. I don't know what the fuck. I'm fucking horrible with these fucking names, yo. Versus Massachusetts, 2016. The Supreme Court reiterated its earlier rulings that the Second Amendment extends prima facie. F-A-C-I-E, I don't know, to all instruments that the constitute uh, bearable arms, even those that were not in existence at the time of the founding, and that is protection that is not limited to only those weapons useful in warfare. The debate between various organizations regarding gun control and gun rights continues. So, yeah, did you know? That our right to bear arms would not was not just to protect ourselves in uh, self-defense or in our homes, but to protect ourselves from the government. Yes, but too many people are dependent on the government and compliant, right? Like we the people. Yeah, that's right. We the people are the ones that are supposed to have the power. But we don't. We give all that power to our government. That's the problem here. And for people arguing all this and that, that's what they want. They want us to not be united. They want us to fight, argue, stay separated, argue about race, argue about abortion, this and that. That's what they want. So now, I know you're probably thinking, oh, Chewy, another conspiracy well, no, this is not. This is fact. This is what's happening right now. Open your eyes, America. Now, if you do not believe me, all right, check this out. So, check it out. Like I told you guys before, I'm in Arizona. So, this shit hits home, and it kind of fucking pisses me off. Although, it probably won't pass as a bill, but... Arizona is like a gun sanctuary, right? So, a bill introduced to the Arizona State Legislature aims to ban possession and sale of assault weapon or large capacity magazine. Senate Bill 1625, introduced by Senator Rebecca Rios and co-sponsored by 11 other Democratic senators, will, if approved, ban a person corporation or other entities for manufacturing, importing, possessing, purchasing, selling, or transferring any assault weapon or large capacity magazine. The bill does not make exceptions for government officers, agents, or employees who will be eligible to register the weapon. The bill will also grant exception, exceptions for firearm dealers and manufacturers under certain conditions. SB 1625 contains detailed definitions of what uh, constitutes an assault weapon, including, among other things, a semi-automatic rifle that has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine. It also defines what is a large-capacity magazine, categorizing it as any ammunition-feeding device with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. With certain exceptions, if the bill passes and is signed into law, anyone in possession of assault weapon or large capacity magazine will be able to either remove it from the state, make it permanently inoperable, 
or surrender it to an appropriate law enforcement agency within 90 days after the the law takes effect without consequences. Oh, oh yeah, just give it to us. Give it to the government. We'll take care of your guns. Yeah, just like they do with drugs, right? Yeah, the war on drugs. Very successful, right? I could go into a whole other story with that. But I don't want to end up suicided with, with a two self-inflicted gunshot wounds to the head, right? One for each half of the brain. <laughs> I think I'm joking, but it happened to a ex-CIA agent who spilled the beans. Actually, he did it in the Montel show. Yeah. Then later he was found dead suicide. So, anywho, this is a bullshit fucking law, if you ask me. Okay, so now, listen, there's another bullshit fucking bill that they try to pass here in Arizona, all right? But what I think is hilarious is, you know, I, honestly, I, I really don't care about politics. People talk about Trump, this and that, Democrats, Republicans, left or right. Honestly, I don't give a fuck about either side because they're both part of a party of elites that don't give a fuck about you or your family they just care about themselves right but this is what's sad is that most people don't realize that <laughs> like people are <sighs> okay so trump right i usually don't talk about politics like this right i'll talk shit about the government but i don't get into politics but trump right i don't hate him but i don't like the guy why? Because he's always going back on his word. If somebody does that, either tells me, A, you're a fucking liar, or B, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Now, this is going to offend so many people because people worship him like a fucking god. But I asked my uh, Latino friends that voted for him, look, so why'd you vote for Trump? Oh, well, it was either that or Hillary. You know, we had no choice. Okay, well, that's what the media made you believe right you're brainwashed but anywho okay so hillary wanted to take her guns away well guess what you voted for trump and they're still trying to take our fucking guns don't you get it man you have been lied to yeah i'm sorry i have to be the mean one to say it <laughs> somebody's gotta be the asshole but hey at least i'm an honest asshole right <laughs> And then, you know, people make a big deal about Trump being racist. I mean, I'm not saying he's racist. I don't even have proof that he's racist. But check this out. Here in Arizona, uh, they try and pass a bill. It was called SB 1070 by this piece of shit called Joe Arpaio. Let me tell you a little bit about that. So this was uh, from 2010 when uh, Obama was in office, right? The support, the support our law enforcement and safe neighborhoods act introduces Arizona Senate Bill 1070 and thus often referred to simply as Arizona SB 1070 is a 2010 legislative act in the U.S. state of Arizona that at the time of passage in 2010 was the broadest and strictest anti-illegal immigration measure passed in the United States. It has received international attention and has spurred considerable controversy. U.S. federal law requires aliens older than 18 to possess 
uh, proper identification at all times. Violation of this requirement is a federal misdemeanor crime. The Arizona Act additionally made it a state misdemeanor crime for an alien to be in Arizona without carrying the required documents. Required that the state law enforcement officers attempted to determine an individual's immigration status during a quote-unquote lawful stop, detention, or arrest, end quote, when there is reasonable suspicion that the individual is an illegal immigrant, the law bared the state or local officials or agencies barred, my bad, agencies from restricting enforcement of federal immigration laws and imposed penalties on those sheltering, hiding, and transporting unregistered aliens. The paragraph on intent in the legislation says it embodies an attrition through enforcement doctrine. Critics of legislation say it encourages racial profiling, which it does. While supporters say the law prohibits the use of race as the sole basis for investigating immigration status. The law was modified by Arizona House Bill 2162 within a week of its signing with the goal of addressing some of these concerns. There have been protests in opposition to the law in over 70 U.S. cities, including boycott and calls for boycotts in Arizona. The act was signed into law by Governor Jan Brewer on April 23, 2010. It was scheduled to go into effect on July 29, 2010. 90 days after the end of the legislative session, legal challenges over its constitutionality and compliance with civil rights law were filed, including one by the United States Department of Justice that also asked for an injunction against enforcement of the law. The day before the law was taken to effect, a federal judge issued a preliminary injunction that blocked the law's most controversial provisions. In June 20, 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on a, the case Arizona versus United States upholding the provision required immigration status checks during law enforcement stops, but striking down three other provisions as violations of the Supreme Clause of the United States Constitution. So, pretty much the law was going to be, if you look Mexican or illegal, the law has a right to search you. That's a violation of your rights. That's what they're trying to pass. You see, they're trying to take our rights little by little, here and there, so you won't notice. So, people are like, yeah, it's okay, we don't need guns, go ahead, let them take it away. Well, then you have nothing to defend yourself against the government, which is why you were given that right in the first place. <laughs> like this whole um, uh, president impeachment. I time to take a break. Mm-hmm. It's that time for another badass punk song. Band is called Ruben Schneider. This song is called Gone Wrong. Oh, my God. 
It's a fucking joke. I told everybody what's happening. I'm like, nothing's gonna happen. He's not gonna be kicked out of office. The government loves Trump because with one tweet, he could fucking just raise hell, you know, start arguments left and right. That's what they want. So, while that whole impeachment was going on, I told people, I'm like, dude, this is just a fucking distraction. Something's going on here. And boom, all of a sudden, this fucking bill on Arizona, they're trying to fucking pass, came out of nowhere. That's what they were working on while they were distracting you with that puppy show. I'm sorry, but y'all been lied to. So, let's go back to Joe Arpaio, right? On August 25th, 2017, President Donald Trump pardoned Joe Arpaio for criminal contempt of court. A misdemeanor, Arpaio had been convicted of the crime two months earlier for disobeying a federal judge's order to stop racial profiling and detaining individuals suspected of being in the U.S. illegally. The pardon covered Arpaio's conviction in any other offenses under Chapter 21 of Title 18, United States Code, that might arise or be charged. In connection with Melendres versus Arbayo, the official White House statement announcing the grant of clemency described Arbayo as a worthy candidate, having served the nation for more than 50 years, protecting the public from sources, scourges of crime and illegal immigration. A number of law professors and political scientists described the parting as troubling and unusual. Several experts in authoritarianism described the parting as illiberal and said that it undermined the rule of law. U.S. District Judge Suzanne R. Bolton, who handed down the guilty verdict, did not vacate Arpaio's conviction, ruling that while the pardon relieves Arpaio of the burden of punishment, it does not change the facts of his crime. So yeah, this piece of shit, Jor Bio, was racial profiling people and detaining them. 
right, violating their rights. And President Trump came down to Phoenix, Arizona, and pardoned him. So, yeah, I'm not saying Trump's racist, but what the fuck does this say? What kind of message is that, right? Yeah, it's fuck you, Latinos. I don't know. I'm not trying to piss anybody off, but it's just my thoughts of the day. So, they're trying to take our gun rights in Arizona. What the fuck can we do, right? You think President Trump's going to come down and save us and be a hero? You think it's going to be like, this is America. You cannot take our guns. You think that's going to happen? No, it's we the people. We have to protest. We have to stay, stand together and fucking protect our rights. Just like in Virginia, when uh, they did that protest. You hear about that? Hmm? Well, let me tell you all about it. So, January 20th, 2020. Tens of thousands of gun right activists, many of them armed, gathered in Virginia's capital on Monday as the governor declared a state of emergency ahead of protests against strict new gun control laws pledged by the state's freshly elected Democratic majority government. Chanting, we will not comply, gun rights activists packed the street in front of the Virginia State House, where the governor Ralph North- Northam had temporarily banned anyone from carrying firearms on the streets outside, though some protesters carried rifles and wore full tactical gear. Fuck yeah. One protester estimated that as many as 70% of the crowd was armed, most of them more discreetly with concealed handguns. Police estimated that 22,000 people attended the rally, most of them in the streets outside the state house where guns weren't allowed. Virginia's politicians had braced for potential violence at the state house, with some raising fears that the gun rights rally could turn violent, like the deadly 2017 white supremacist rally in Charlottesville. Oh, that's a whole other story right there. And but yeah, so twenty-two thousand people angry, their rights being taken away. They come to protest. Most of them are fucking armed. Imagine, let's say it's eighteen thousand people out of the twenty-two were armed, right? Dude, you think the fucking police can take on all of them? Fuck no. But did anything violent happen? Nope. I've seen way worse violent rallies, right? When people protest and start looting and shit, fucking burning cars and flipping them over. Nope, none of that. All these thousands of armed citizens and no violence. I bet the government was pretty surprised, right? Shit, I'm surprised. No, not really. (laughs) So, instead, Monday's rally was crowded but calm with members of militia groups and violent far-right groups such as the Proud Boys strolling the streets, but no counter-protesters in sight, in part because of the expected presence of thousands of Virginians who had no affiliation with hate groups. Local anti-fascist activists had announced days before the rally that there would be no counter-protests. 
One person was arrested for wearing a mask in public, police said. The single arrest raised questions since many protesters in the streets outside the rally had worn masks. Yeah, that's right. P.S. If you don't know, it's illegal to wear a mask during a protest. Yeah, what kind of bullshit is that, right? Yeah, if you ask me, our future is going to head into some V for Vendetta type of shit. But anywho, I was kind of scared. It would keep the turnout low, Jacob Taylor, 33, a Virginia resident, said, describing, describing the conspiracy theories and fears of violence that had circulated before the event. He said he had turned out to the protest, his first ever politically political rally because I don't want what I thought to be false rhetoric to keep people from coming. Taylor said that as a gun owner, he had been motivated to come to the state capitol because some of the bills Democrats had talked about would have directly affected what I can own and what I can do. For several hours before an official rally organized by a state gun rights group began, Protesters in the street in front of the Capitol building chanted, sang the national anthem, and took turns addressing the crowd through a megaphone. Northam lied and he said he knew there was imminent danger out there, but all I see is a God-fearing, American-loving patriots out there. One speaker, a contributor to Infowars, said to Cheers, Wherever the chicken shit governor is hiding, make sure he hears you right now, he called. USA, USA, the crowd chanted. The large law enforcement presence at the rally was strikingly restrained with no riot gear. Damn, that's a surprise. What, they didn't fucking pepper spray people for no reason? <laughs> or beat the fuck out of people? Hit somebody in the nuts with a fucking tear gas grenade off a grenade launcher? <laughs> Uh huh. I seen the video. It's pretty fucked up though. I'd be pissed, yo. You're, even if you're just like, just, just there. You're just standing there, and then the police fucking peg you in the nuts with a fucking hot can of gas, tear gas. Fucking bullshit, man. You know they, you know after the rally, those cops at the end of that night, they were in the locker room. We're like, yo. Did you see fucking Mendes over here hit that fool in the nuts with a tear gas can? Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. You know they fucking talk shit in the locker room, yo. I, You know it. I know it. Anywho, the presence of thousands of armed citizens outside the elegant state capitol building was meant as a warning. Democrats, not just in Virginia, but nationwide, should back off attempts to pass sweeping gun control laws. Early in the morning, two men pushed through the packed crowd in the bright red t-shirts that read Make Politicians Afraid Again with the image of a military-style rifle underneath. Oh, fuck yeah, my heroes. Conservative pundits were touting the non-violent gathering as evidence that law-abiding gun owners are not a threat to the public despite high numbers of daily shooting deaths. Shannon Watts, the founder of Gun Control Group's Mom Demand Action, condemned the rally. Armed insurrectional what? Armed insurrectionists 
who threaten violence and lawless if they don't get their way don't represent the majority of Virginians, she said. In Richmond, a city where nearly half of local residents are black, the gun right protectors, protesters, my bad, on Monday were overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly male. Among the thousands of Democrats were some men in tactical gear armed with military-style rifles. The conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, yeah, the fucking government, they're making them gay. Ah! <laughs> I just had to, man. I just had to. Fucking hell, love Alex Jones. Had showed up with members of the far-right group, the Proud Boys. What? Alex Jones showed up? What the fuck? That's crazy. My bad, I just learned that today. So did some members of anti-government militias. Northam had declared a state of emergency last Wednesday, citing threats of violence in an effort to avoid a repeat of violence that erupted at 2017 white supremacist rally in Charlottesville when a march by white nationalists led to the death of a counter-protester. Local anti-fascist activists from Richmond and Charlottesville announced over the weekend that they would not be holding any counter-protests, citing safety concerns. Donald Trump acknowledged and encouraged the rally on Twitter on Monday. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Hats off to you, Trump. On Saturday, after a security briefing for lawmakers, Virginia's Republican House Minority Leader put out a public statement condemning any group that comes to Richmond to spread white supremacist garbage. While we, our Democratic colleagues, may have differences, we all, we are all Virginians and we will stand united in opposition to any threats of violence or civil unrest from any quarter, Todd Gilbert wrote. Fuck yeah, Todd Gilbert, that's the spirit right there. That's the American spirit. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Tensions in Virginia have run high since November 2019, when Democrats won gun control of the state government for the first time in 26 years and pledged to pass a package of gun control laws. From universal background checks to an extreme risk protection order law to a ban on military-style assault weapons. Since then, Pro-gun activists across Virginia have organized a vigorous grassroots movement to protect against the new bills. The standoff in Virginia where the National Rifle Association, NRA, is headquartered has also prompted spiraling conspiracy theories and intense rhetoric from gun owners about tyranny and civil war. Oh shit. Those two words, man. Not words, but sentences. So, America faces an epic choice this year, and the results will define the country for a generation. These are perilous times over the last three years. Much of the Guardian holds dear has been threatened. Democracy, civility, truth. This U.S. administration is establishing new norms of behavior 
anger and cruelty disfigure public discourse and lying is commonplace. Truth is being chased away, but with your help, we can continue to put it center stage. Rampant disinformation, partisan, partisan news sources, and social media's tsunami of fake news is no basis on which to inform the American public in 2020. The need for a robust independent press has never been greater and with your support we can continue to provide fact-based reporting that officers publicly public scrutiny and oversight you've read more than seven articles in the last four months our journalism is free and open for all but it's made possible thanks to the support we receive from readers like you across America in all 50 states. On the occasion of its 100th birthday in 1921, the editor of The Guardian said, perhaps the chief virtue of a newspaper is its independence. It should have a soul of its own. This is more true than ever. Freed from the influence of an owner or shareholders, the Guardian's editorial independence is our unique driving force and guiding principle. We also want to say a huge thank you to everyone who generously supports The Guardian. You provide us with the motivation and financial support to keep doing what we do. Every reader contribution, big or small, is so valuable. So, there you have it, folks. Are we going to protest here in Arizona? will be as peaceful as virginia what do you think you think uh are you going if you're in arizona protest for our gun rights might get fucking hit in the nuts with a tear gas grenade cops might beat the fuck out of you get pepper spray in the face for no reason just for being there but it's for our rights Anyways, that's just my opinion, guys. If you guys have any comments, concerns, please email me at ScreamingChewy at gmail.com or message me on my Facebook page, Screaming Chewy Show. Comment on my YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show. You know how to get a hold of me, yo. And, uh, yeah, I always answer back, follow back. And, um, yeah, this is probably, like, my most controversial episode. I don't know, maybe. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I just said that because I talk shit about the president. <laughs> just stir some shit up. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll get more uh, more follows that way, right? Fucking just stir it up, get people talking about it. Maybe. But, anywho, there's other solutions. Like, stay tuned. Next week, uh, I will be dropping an episode... With a special guest, I'll be welcoming him back, uh, Roderick Edwards. You know, uh, we covered his book on the episode 30, I believe. When, uh, what's it called? The Powers That Be. We spoke about his book, The Universe of Every Religion and None. Well, he has another book out called How to Overthrow a Government. Oh, yeah. It's happening. We're going to discuss that. So, yeah, this is just little, you know, I'm just priming you, getting you ready, right? 
So that one might be highly controversial. Who the fuck knows? But hey, we all have opinions and we have the right to say them. So fuck it. Why not? Right. And um, yeah, I'll be playing more punk music. Of course, I love the, you know, I love metal, but I love punk because the kind of like fuck the government type of attitude, right? A lot of punk has a lot of old school. So, of course, it's playing in this episode and I will be playing more punk in next week's episode. Be dropping it Sunday. So stay tuned, guys. And uh, thanks for listening. Later. enjoy the music i featured today yeah pretty badass right went from metal to now punk a little bit different but still good the first band i played was shrug dealer and you can find them on facebook their page shrug dealer or you can find them on instagram and twitter name shrug dealer band or you can find their music at bandcamp their bandcamp is shrug dealer dot bandcamp.com slash releases go check them out second band i featured is ruben schneider punk band from germany yeah you can find them on facebook their facebook page is named ruben schneider uh same thing with their youtube channel ruben schneider or you could check out their free download page from their label cutout records yeah listen at no charge Check them out at mediafire.com slash cutoutrecords. Go check these guys out, yo. Give them some love. Show them some love. Like, share. And uh, thanks for listening. Later. Oh, hey, before I forget, here's another song from Ruben Schneider. It's called Overhead.
Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find me at anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. There'll be three options for a monthly subscription. First one, I believe, starts at a dollar a month, yo. Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's cool. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show, for some memes, some more videos for episodes, and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy Show. I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.